0: Jesus, we thank you that there is an abundance in your presence. We thank you, Jesus, that it's not because of anything we've done to deserve it, but by your grace. And we just remind ourselves today that there is excess. There is always a ram in the thicket. There is always a Jesus standing on our behalf, providing for us. Remind us today. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody said, amen. On your way down to your seats, just air high-five a few people, let them know He's good for you. He's good for you. (laughs) The title of my message is Hello Generosity. I'm excited. Welcome to our online family. It is good to see you in church. Uh, We believe church is happening in every heart, every home, everywhere. And so whether you're in-house, in fact, in-house, why don't you just say hi to our online family, give them a bit of a warm welcome from us. And I want to encourage you, if you are online, and you're able to be in-house in these weeks to come, come and visit, because uh, there really is just something special God is doing in this place, and uh, we believe He's doing it across all platforms, but it is good to gather as His church. Amen? I feel fired up, Jehovah Jireh. How's our band for just... It's, it's not even like they're a band. I mean, they are, but it's like they're, it's like they're the front line. It's like I feel safe when they're going ahead with that kind of praise, you know? It's kind of like I feel like even if you you feel in those moments it's too much for you, because that could be true. I mean, no one has to jump and go crazy. Not everyone has to do that, you know? Some people, that's just who they are. Praise Jesus for the crazies as well. But if that's not who you are, it's also okay. But isn't it true that you still feel safe? You still feel like there's a, There's a front line that is taking ground for you, even though you're not sure what to add to it. I hope so. Uh, May may our church never grow tired of singing his praise. May we always be the noisy ones. I think it was Mark Slevin who once coined the phrase, pardon the noise, but this is the sound of freedom. From a U.S. military base, as the planes would fly over, there was a big sign on the, pardon the noise. It's the sound of freedom. It's a pardon the noise. In fact, if you're at home, you should turn your volume up and just pardon the noise to the rest of the family that think you're nuts, just let them know. It's actually just how I get ahead in faith in Jesus' mighty name. The title of my message is, Hello Generosity. If you're writing down anything, I want you to write this down today. Provision flows where his presence goes. And in brackets, where's he at? Can I say it like this? If you wanna write down another tag? God is always with the generous. There are some places you can be sure to find God's presence. One of them is in the heart of a generous people. You can be sure that you are going to experience the intimate presence of God, the grace of God, the kindness of God, the, the activation of a faith that calls us to live for more. You can be sure you'll experience all that in the presence of a generous people. Um, Link is a generous people, by the way. If you've just arrived, you need to know that about our church. We we give away our best. We are, we are adamantly uh, going after the goodness of God in our generosity. We believe God is into generosity, and, and so I want to talk about game-changing generosity today, and uh, I'll tell you a quick story. Um, Link was about three months old, maybe four months, I forget now, it's a bit blurry, but Uh, We had just moved into a little office in the Shlali village. Mark and Kathlev, you remember the story, J-Mo, a little bit, you're a little bit smaller than you are now, six foot two, dazzling young man. Look at that. God is changing the next generation. But uh, we were just in a small little office at the time, had no idea what God was going to do with our church story. And uh, we were just showing up because how many of you know God is always in the gathering of His people? So if you just show up, He's going to be there. And so we were just showing up. And uh, we had this idea one day, we had 30,000 rand in a bank account, literally almost to the button, uh, to the number. And we had this idea during the week we met, like big strategic meeting, what are we feeling God calling us to do? Bearing in mind, we're trying to get off the ground. We had no crowdfunding. Um, we had no, <laughs> we had no um, there were no venture capitalists excited to see a church get off the ground in a small town called Belita, back end of Mshlali. Uh, no one cared, really. Uh, we were just showing up. So we only had 30,000 rand. I mean, I think there were only like three families out of like 60 people or 50 people in the church that even considered tithing, let alone tithe. You know, it was just one of those realities and we're all still trying to work out what that meant. We didn't know yet that God was linked to the generosity. The furthering of His kingdom was linked to the generosity of His people and we're still on that journey and we decided to give away 30,000 rand. And uh, did I tell you that's all we had? So, so we went to the bank because what you used to do in 2008, we went to the bank and we drew cash. Can you believe it? I mean, when, when was that ever a thing? You know what I'm saying? Um, and so we drew 30,000 Rand in cash and we put 500 sections of 500 Rand in envelopes, just white blank envelopes. And we showed up at church that we can. I don't even know if I was preaching on generosity. I can't remember. To be honest, we never have to preach on generosity as a church. It's just who we are. And so it's this amazing thing that was happening. And so we said to everybody that day, and 60 people showed up. That's what I wanted to say. 60 people showed up, 30,000 rand divided in, 500 rand envelopes, all right? And so we didn't know all this was going down. And we gave each person in the church an envelope. And uh, maybe we'll do it again, actually. it look a bit different now. it cost us a bit more. But maybe we'll do it again one day. And, and we gave everybody a 500 rand envelope. And we said to them, this is not for you. This is for the kingdom. This is to, in some way, activate generosity in your life. Because like I said, our church didn't realize the value of tithing and being part of a generous community. We hadn't connected the dots yet. It was still just church is a cool place to be. And maybe if you're feeling like that today, God will shift something in your spirit too. And we gave the envelope to everybody and we said, you only have one kind of target or one kind of goal with this envelope is to ask God what to do with it. Well, I guess out of 60 people, 15 asked God what to do with it, ain't that the truth? 45 went for a lunch with their spouse or family, Um, but there were a few that did ask God what to do, and one person paid school fees for their domestic worker's child, another person put windows on a friend's house, another person took a friend for lunch that couldn't afford it at the time, and one person actually just gave 500 Rand to someone random and said, they, they were walking around just saying, God, just show me who. And he showed them someone they'd never seen before. He walked up to them. He said they looked affluent. He didn't know why he was doing it. And he gave this person 500 Rand and they just broke into tears because what you wear on the outside is not always what you house on the inside. Belito is a lot like that, by the way. We like to dress up for success, but often we're actually feeling a little bit empty if we're honest. We're humans. And, uh, and so we gave away 30,000 Rand. And i tell you that story to say this. We've never been in want. Our church has never been in the red. Uh, we've come down a lot, you know, COVID accounts. But we've never been in the red. And there's something about taking the last of what you have and putting it as this precious offering before God only to hear the voice of heaven say, look up, there's a ram in the thicket. And I wanna say all this to to believe that there is a spirit of generosity on this house that is unparalleled in the world around us. It is a God thing, it's not human, it's not normal, it's supernatural. And I wanna believe and pray that today you would catch some of that because when you do see God as Jehovah Jireh, the provider, And when you realize that when you're in His presence, there is always provision. And when you realize that generosity is always a place God likes to hang. Therefore, when I'm generous, He is there. And when I'm with Him, there is provision. When you start to connect all those dots, I wanna tell you, friends, last week I preached on royalty. If you missed it, go and listen. I'd love you to hear it. Returning to royalty. A reminder that we are King's kids. We're born to step up and stand up into the confidence and the authority that we have to walk. With the spirit, a royal priesthood, a holy nation of peculiar people called to declare the praises of God is called them out of darkness into a glorious light. We're not shrinking back, we're stepping up. And that means if you're experiencing pain or you've experienced loss, or it doesn't mean you can't have a bad day, it just means you're a part of a community that lives up. So I preached on royalty. I thought it was okay, but what I really felt to do this week is preach about the practices of royalty because one of the practices if we believe we're royal in the kingdom or in God's eyes is generosity. It it is near impossible to to believe that you live with a royal bloodline because of Jesus, not because of anything you've done, by the way, he chose us, we didn't choose him, we know that part. But it's almost impossible to believe that we are royal and we live in this abundance and there is excess in the kingdom. If you like, I know it's crazy language, if you're new to church online, it can be wild, but just catch the spirit of it. God will change your heart. It's impossible to believe that we're all these things and not act generously. Uh, Rory Dyer recently preached a great message and reminded us that some form of generosity is the entry level of faith. Because the closer we get to the things of God and the abundance of God and the kindness of God and the goodness of God, the further we are on that journey. And by the way, you can be in church 20 years and still be getting started. You could just have come to church last week and there could be such a deep well stirring up in your heart that you're getting closer to Him, ever more present even now. And I wanna tell you that when that starts to happen, generosity starts to overflow. I wanna talk today, if it's all right, tap your neighbor and say, I knew he was going somewhere about the practices of generosity. Link is a generous church. God is with us. Proverbs 11 says, One person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. I love it how the message says, The world of the generous gets larger and larger. You know generous people, their worlds get larger and larger, but the stingy comes to ruin. Generosity defined, I read recently, as a readiness or a liberality in giving. I love that a readiness or liberality in in giving. I wanna wanna talk about being human, you see, because one of the needs we've felt in this time, I think, is to hold on to the little we have left over. Maybe I'm just talking to three people in the room, but I'm gonna go with you today. Can I get an amen if you're excited for a breakout in your finances? (laughs) Um, We're holding on to the little we have left. I felt God say to me when, When it feels like you're losing control, loosen your grip. I'll preach about that in week five, we'll come back to that. Today's just about freedom in your finances. But I felt like if we're gonna be honest about being humans and looking at the mountain of financial challenge that we sometimes face in our businesses, in our marriage, in our society, hey, let's talk honest about our country, we're gonna have to realize that if we take a step back and step into the spiritual kingdom of abundance and excess, we're gonna have to learn what that kingdom operates like and looks like so that we don't get affected by Monday. Generosity. Nehemiah chapter five. Nehemiah's building the wall of Jerusalem. You know the story? He's one of five prophetic books that encourage God's people as they return from captivity in Babylon. 70 years of captivity, and they are rebuilding the temple and Jerusalem. They are rebuilding their future. I'm excited to rebuild our future too. I'm excited that God has a good for The best is yet to come, amen. And they're rebuilding the future. And in Nehemiah chapter five, things are going down. There's opposition. Uh, People are starting to stop the process. They're fighting against the enemy while they're forging forward on the wall. And all this is going down. And Nehemiah operates in a kingdom reality in chapter five. And I love it. It's just one part of the story that you may have missed before if you've read. And I wanna read it to you, chapter 5, 14. It says, moreover from the 20th year of King King Antiochus." That guy? King A. When I was appointed to be their governor in the land of Judah, until his 32nd year, 12 years, neither I nor my brothers ate the food allotted to the governor. The governor is eating all the food. But earlier governors, those preceding me, placed heavy burdens on people and took 40 shekels. So what's happened is previous leaders have eaten the resource that was given for God's people. And Nehemiah steps in to change that. He put burden on the people and took 40 shekels of silver from them. In addition to food and wine, their assistants also lauded over them. But out of reverence for God, I did not act like that. Instead, I devoted myself, watch this, to the work of this wall. Notice the heart of royalty. Nehemiah is faced with the same circumstances everyone, but carries a different spirit. I devoted myself to the work of the wall. All my men were assembled there for work. We did not acquire any land. We didn't invest in ourselves. This was a time to rebuild what's precious to God. Furthermore, 150 Jews and officials ate at my table. Can I read that number again? When last did you have 150 people at your house for a meal? (laughs) Let me tell you, that is one expensive meal. That 30,000 rand link gave away. We threw a meal for the church today. It had cost us our whole bank account, Knox. That's the truth. Maybe we should. Furthermore, 150 Jews and officials ate at my table, the spirit of Nehemiah. God, give us the spirit. God, teach us what it means, not just to believe we're royal, but to behave royal. To open our doors and to have people around our tables. When everyone's got nothing, we still have enough because nothing with you is enough. I really just feel God wants to shift something in your hearts, church. As well as those who came from the surrounding nations, each day one ox, six choice sheep, I like that choice word, some poultry were prepared for me and every 10 days an abundance supply. Say abundance supply. Type it in the comments. If you're online with us, just type abundance supply. Get those words out. Abundant supply of wine and all kinds. In spite of all this, I never demanded the food allotted to the governor because the demands were heavy on these people. Remember me with favor, O God for all I've done for these people. Nehemiah carried a spirit of generosity. I wanna talk about three things that this spirit of generosity can look like just so that we can make connections of what it means to be humans and generous because sometimes to be humans is difficult to be generous because we live in a real world around us. Monday's coming fast, all right? The first thing about being generous, I believe, or acting or behaving like royalty walking with authority is that it's consistent. Generosity in the kingdom is consistent. It it, it operates in high and low seasons. Oh, I'm excited about that. Jehovah Jireh is a cool song when I'm up, but it's a more powerful song when I'm down. It operates consistently. See, if I'm royal today, I can't be shunned tomorrow. Like, Like I gotta believe that some part of my Bible story reminds me that I'm royal. Therefore, even when my bank account doesn't, my spirit still does. And just to be clear, let me talk to some people, because someone online might find this and think Dill's preaching this whole gospel about prosperity and the church getting rich. I'm not, I'm talking about the church being free. That's more powerful. But I just want to let you know right now, it's not about how much you give or or what you do with the kind of amount that you have. It's the spirit with which you do it as I'm trying to preach today. Royal generosity is different. It's consistent. It operates in high and low seasons. It's who we are, not what we do. I can't be generous today and then tomorrow think else. Like think otherwise. I'm generous. I'm 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 royal. I'm generous with my time. I'm generous with my words. I'm generous with my with my life toward others. I'm generous with my treasure. I'm generous. I'm just. It's just. It's who I am. I can't. I can't live in the benefit of this royalty without letting it overflow into others. Isn't that the truth, Church? It, it operates consistently in highs and lows. In Genesis chapter 26 there's a really powerful story. Uh, I want. I want to just read it to you quickly. It's one of my favorite. Uh, Isaac is now living in a land of famine. The land is Girah, and uh, it's an amazing kind of story about Isaac reestablishing the the what do you call the trajectory of Abrahamic Covenants, or story or blessing and Abraham's been in a famine, by the way cycles repeat themselves, this is not new news to be in a difficult time and so Abraham's been in a famine and he did something and then there was a season of abundance and then Isaac has stepped into a famine and just before he exits the country to go to another place where there seems to be more opportunity, he actually says, God says to him stay here for I'll do an amazing thing with you and in Genesis chapter 26, we're talking about the consistency of generosity, a generous spirit is consistent, every day we're asking God how can I give toward what you're doing on the planet? in the people around me, in the church that I'm a part of, in the time that you've allotted my days, whatever it looks like, how can I be generous? It says there was a famine in the land, and there was a whole lot going on. Verse 12 of Genesis 26, it says, Isaac planted crops in that land. The land is in famine. And the same year reaped a hundredfold, because the Lord blessed him. The man became rich and his wealth continued to grow until, here's what's going down. People that lived without the spirit of royalty and a sense of what it looks like to invest in something, you can't see the result. Those guys were holding back, holding on to the little they had. Isaac steps in and sows. I'm just gonna preach a little bit, Ponzi, because I do believe that the church is missing out on a glorious future because we're holding on to the little we have. Hey, listen, a little bit in his hands is far more powerful than a lot in yours, all right? So so I'm just talking a little bit about giving him some of what you got left. Faith over famine. We're stewards, we're not owners. You see, if you see what you've been given as something you own, well, it's difficult to give it away because you own it. But if you're just a steward, tap your neighbor and say, you're the middleman. Do you remember... Um, do you remember the, uh, the old Jamaican rock star Relay Team? I forget which Olympics it was. Do you remember? World Record Relay Team. Fastest four on the planet. One team. Do you remember their names? Usain Bolt. Hussein Bolt. Come on, shout them out at me. Asafa Powell. I got two. Anyone else? Thought not. Guess what? first and fourth runner the two in between no one remembers they were just the middle man their job was to take the baton from one and give it to the other we know we're going to set the record we just got to get the baton into the right hands tap your neighbor and say you're just the middle man Jaira that is enough and so I take my son which was given to me by God And I bring it back to him, I put it in the right hands. Because I'm just the middleman. It's consistent. Second thing about generosity is it's courageous. We're going to build a church of courageous generosity. We're building a church of courageous generosity. I don't want you to see your perceived lack as a limit, church. 2 Corinthians 8. 2 Corinthians 8 is an amazing scripture speaking about people giving from their lack. Starting in verse one, it says, And now, brothers, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches out of the most severe trial Uh, Let me just give you some perspective. We read that word Macedonian church and we try and picture the story in our context. So we think, oh, that would be like Link giving their money to elevation, let's say. It's like, we're the Macedonians, they're the Megas, Or maybe it would be like someone down the road who we perceive to be a bit smaller giving them. Let Let me give you some perspective here. This is like the poorest community in the middle of Amlazi giving finance to Link Church today, the Macedonian church. I just want you to see, sometimes we skew the story to what we can comprehend. No, no, this is extreme poverty. And out of their extreme trial and extreme poverty, welled up rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability entirely on their own, they urged us, pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the saints generosity is courageous. Please give us an opportunity to be a part of what God is doing on the planet. You walk into your business tomorrow morning, and you know God is stirring your heart. There's that employee. They don't deserve it, perhaps, but He's stirring it. It's just pulsating, and He's just chanting, just give them a meal for their spouse and them to God, and have it. Just, just do the smallest little thing. Just give them a little bit of what you have, and He'll do a lot with it in His hands. Maybe it's just spouse. It's just It's the spirit of generosity. It's courageous. It's courageous. They gave out of their extreme problems. Don't see your lack as your limit. But God, I only got this much. But you're not on the outsides of the castle. You're on the inside. Anyone watch the Crown series online? You're like that brother that crept into the queen's room, sitting on the bed in the queen's room. Do you know that story? He didn't, He should never have been there. He ended up in jail. Bad outcome. Yours won't be the same. In Jesus' name, we'll end up in the king's palace. But can you imagine that moment as he sits in the presence of royalty and he starts to ask the queen, why do you do certain things? Could we come into God's presence and start to ask Him, why do you do certain things, God? Why is it that you give from lack? And why is it that you call us to sow in times of famine? And why is it, I see it differently. And God's gonna just stir things up in your heart, church. So that when you're singing Jehovah Jireh, you're asking the people in your house, sorry, step aside, why don't you just make some room? I I just need to come and dance a little bit. If if you're new to church, take it easy. This is a journey. But I do want to believe that we are going to be courageous in our generosity because we don't operate in earthly economics. Amen? Amen. The last thing about generosity is it's cheerful and contagious. (laughs) Generosity is cheerful. Um, Worship team, you can come join me. Have you ever... Well, I know you have. So I want you to think about a time where you received a very generous gift from somebody. Just like bring it to memory quickly. Felt good. You almost probably even felt guilty because we struggled to receive. Now I want you to flip your imagination to say, or remember that time when you gave a generous gift to somebody good you see the world of the generous gets larger and larger and there's something God I believe is doing in his church we're talking about being human God I don't feel like I have anything to offer this moment well in the kingdom nothing is enough and so I'll be generous with what I got because God is always with the generous and provision follows his presence And so we start a journey of being courageous. But what I'm saying is when you gave away, it felt awesome when you received. You weren't sure you could smile. I don't deserve it. I don't want anyone to see it. I don't want them to know I got given a house, or I got given a car, or I got given my school fees paid for the year, or I got given a voucher, or I got given a watch. I don't know, fill in the blank. I don't want people to know that. I want them to think that in fact I'm gonna leave it somewhere they can't see it. I'm never gonna tell anybody about the generous work of God in my life because you feel guilty about the presence of God being generous towards you. Why so? It's the kingdom at work. You should boast ever more in the generosity of God in your life. It's not somebody else that gave it to you, it's the goodness of God through their hands. Remember, you're just the middleman. So, boast in the generosity of God. It's cheerful. And so should giving away be cheerful. Uh, we've pretty much built our whole culture of generosity on this scripture 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6. Remember this whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, whoever sows generously will reap generously. Okay, we get this. That's a principle it's done. Bank it. Each man should give what he's decided in his heart to give. This is between you and God. This is not me and you, this is you and God. But I want you to activate generosity because that's where God likes to live. It's one of the places he likes to live. And where he is, there is excess. Give as he's decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to make all grace abound to you, so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. As it is written, he scattered gifts abroad, and righteousness endures forever. Uh, giving is cheerful and contagious. There was a movement that spread in America. You might have heard of it in 2009. Uh, uh, there was a story of a woman that got a, uh, kind of got a kickback with some money. $93 was the amount and, uh, and she decided that the kickback she received because she had overpaid, that said, sorry, you overpaid, here's your, here's your refund. She had decided that it wasn't for her, so she'd give it back. And so she put it on, onto social media, what should I do with my $93? And it became a global movement called the $93 movement. People started all saying, we're gonna add $93, we're gonna add $93, we're gonna add $93. It, it became literally a millions and millions of dollar movement. You see generosity is not just cheerful, it's contagious. You always think that this is just your moment. What about everybody else? Oh, don't worry, it's contagious. It's sticky, it's catchy. When we start to partner with God in generous ways, it starts to get on other people. I'll tell you a story about Link Church in lockdown. This should bless you. And I promise you, friends, we're not the most generous church. We're learning, we're just growing. But I do believe God's called us to be generous. Last year, uh, kind of in the, in the peak of lockdown, we had felt to sow into our friends' building project. Give financially to our friends' building project, Rory Dyer up in Pretoria. And so we met as an ownership team, and we said, "Hey, let's let's uh, believe in this project. They're, they're building in lockdown. Like that's 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 putting faith in famine." Like, let's do this thing. Let's we want to be a part of people that are crazy enough to believe God will do something when nothing else is working. And so and so we had a meeting and we said, let's sow into their project. And we did, I forget how much it was, 200,000 rand. I forget what it was. But it was a lot of money for us. I'll be honest. It was a lot of money. In fact, even when we did it, I had this brief moment as, as joyful as it was. Do you ever have that moment where you've it's so exciting? Ah, oh, did I make a mistake? And I got a phone call from One after the next, Rory's eldership team, they have the most amazing team. They're so grateful for everything that God has given them. One after the other, I got phone calls to say, thank you. Please thank you and your team for being generous. I'm thinking your projects, millions and millions of rands, 200,000 rand. thank you and your team for being incredibly generous, thank you. And then the phone call from Rory and he says, "Um, the reason I wanted them to phone and thank you is because God taught us something through your gift. He said, we had been through like a month or two of nothing. And the day you gave that amount, forget the amount, you triggered a knock-on effect. We don't understand our work still, but I think God used you to unblock a well. And I wondered, how many of us are trusting God for the wells to overflow, but are kind of fearful to unblock them? The same scripture of Isaac says he sowed in that land, he reaps a hundredfold. If, you know, if this doesn't resonate with you, go home, have an amazing day. Honestly, I mean that. No judgment at all. If you struggle with this concept, no jo- judgment at all, but I'm telling you there's a high ground for God's people. It says after Isaac sowed in the famine that year, it said he began to unblock the wells that were blocked up in his father Abraham's time. Isaac was a resourceful man. He had royal blood. And friends, we are resourceful and we have royal blood. And, and I wonder how many catalytic movements are awaiting just the generosity of God's people to flow in extreme measure, in abundance, a trigger a knock on effect as Rory was talking to me. I was just crying. Because I didn't think we had much to give last year. And when we gave our 30,000 round away as a church, Honestly, you will know, we were willing to close the doors. Let's give it away and hope for the best. If the doors close, we'll join another church. We're going to be awesome there. But a well unblocked. Here's the question I have for you. What does joyful generosity look like for you today? Nice and simple. Oh, we're going to sing again, that's for sure. We're going sing ourselves strong today. We're going to take up an offering this morning. You can give online. You can give in-house. There's envelopes. As you leave, you can drop them in the bucket. There's Zapper codes online if you want. Um, but I'm going to do this on the spot. I'm looking at my my fellow elders that are in the room, and I'm just going to smile at them because they know, they know this isn't going to be something we've discussed. I'm just going to smile and know we're in the same spirit. We have a church down the road, the Catholic Church, that is looking to uh, pave a big portion of its of its surrounds. It's trying to rebuild the church. It's an amazing man, Pastor Stephen. Good guy, Slevy. And we've made friends with him and Pastor Stephen is looking to fund a project that I don't think comes that easy for a church that's lost a lot of momentum over the years. He's a faith-believing, God-fearing man. I think we should give to him today. I think we should sow into their church. I think we should believe for their finance. Stand with me, Link. Come on, let's activate faith this morning. Matthew 13, Jesus is describing the kingdom in a few ways. He says it's like a mustard seed. It's a small little seed when you look at it. But once planted, it becomes one of the biggest trees in the garden. This is what it says and provides shade for many to sit under. Your generosity is contagious, it has a knock on effect. And I can be sure under the grace of God, not because I know what to do with what's given through the life of this church, but because God knows what to do with faithful generosity. I can be sure by the grace of God, there are going to be people that rest under the shade of your generosity. This is not a nowadays thing. This is a generational thing. There are going to be children that walk into faith because you chose to be faithful. There are going to be businesses that are birthed by generations to come because we said, God, we're going to trust the little we have. We can call it what we want to the bigness of who you are in this place. So God, I ask right now, I hope. Holy Spirit come, breathe on your church, breathe on your people, speak to us, stir in us the spirit of generosity. Teach us to be like the Macedonians. Teach us to give with this genuine desire to be a part of what you're doing on the planet, God. And I pray that as our hands give, that you would bless it, God. We pray for Pastor Stephen, God. We pray that he would be blessed abundantly by the little that we sow, God. We pray that we could be a part of a story that changes the trajectory of that church's future. And it's with that spirit Link church that we begin to sing.